Hello and welcome to Parsha on a Pod. My name is Yechiel Schaffer. I'm the rabbi of the Pikesville Jewish Congregation in Maryland. This week we'll be taking a look at, look at Parshat Beshalach, a legendary Parsha filled with extraordinary miracles and startling reactions by the witnesses thereof. In Beshalach, the sea splits, a nation is destroyed, and a new nation, building, struggles with freedom. Beshalach has 116 verses, it fills 216 lines in the Torah scroll. Here is Parshat Beshalach in seven parts. Part 1. The Pharaoh lets the people go. The Pharaoh has let the Israelites go, and God did not permit them to take the shortest route through th- shortest route to the promised land. The Israelites had to re- take a circuitous route out of Egypt, led by God through the desert with weapons in hand, lest they be afraid of war. Moshe was carrying the remains of Yosef, and they traveled from a place called Sukkot to Etam on the edge of the desert. God would go back, would go before them as a cloud during the day and a fire at night. God speaks to Moshe, instructing him to take the Israelites back to the sea, at which point God will harden the heart of the Pharaoh for the last time and will bring about great and conc- great and conclusive miracle in protecting the Israelites. When the Pharaoh was told that the Israelite, Israelites were fleeing, He was enraged and gathered 600 Egyptian chariots and their drivers, and they chased after the Israelites. Rashi chapter 14 verse 5 suggests that the Pharaoh had sent supervisors with the Israelites to ensure that they would return to servitude after three days in the desert. When the Israelites did not, The supervisors returned to the Pharaoh to tell him that the Israelites had no intention of returning, thus explaining the Pharaoh's reaction. Three days the Israelites journeyed. Three days the Egyptians pursued after them. And on the seventh day, a great miracle happened. And so ends part one. Part two. The Egyptians gave chase to them. The Egyptian chariots, the horsemen, the warriors chased after the Israelites. When the Israelites saw the Pharaoh, they grew scared and cried out to God. They then turned to Moshe, questioning his motivations and bringing them out of Egypt. Moshe reassures them by telling them not to be afraid. Today will be a great day in which God will show his might and will fight the Egyptians for you. The Malbim, chapter 14, verse 11, offers a description of two attitudes a nation, a people can have towards servitude. There are some who would prefer death to servitude, and then there are others who would prefer, who would prefer servitude to death, assuming that was the choice. The Israelites were telling Moshe in this verse that he had misjudged them and that they would have preferred servitude than death. Perhaps Moshe 
was trying to teach them that there's more to living than servitude. And so ends part two. Part three. Ma titzak elai, why are you crying out to me? God now speaks to Moshe, questioning why he was praying for a miracle and not instructing the Israelites to march into the sea. Now is not a moment for prayer, but action, God says. God tells Moshe to lift up his staff and hold it out over the sea, at which point the sea will miraculously split and a dry land will present itself as a path for the nation, as a way forward for the Israelites. The Egyptians come close, and the pillar of fire, the clouds, place themselves between the Egyptians and the Israelites. Moshe follows the instructions of God, raises his hand over the sea, and the waters split. The Israelites walk into the sea with dry land beneath their feet, with water on their right, and a wall of water on their left. The Egyptians follow, enraged by what they see, and God makes their passage impossible, with the horses and chariots getting stuck in the mud. And so ends part three. Part four. Netei es yadcha al hayam. Moshe, Hold out your arms over the sea, so the waters may return. God now instructs Moshe to raise his hands again over the sea, so that the waters will crash on the Egyptians below. Moshe did so, and God ensured that the Egyptians drowned in that sea. The Israelites made it through safely on dry land, They experience the incredible might of God and they are fearful and sincerely believe in God and in his servant, Moshe. The Or HaChaim chapter 14 verse 30 points out that the fear that the Israelites experienced was not a fear of punishment but an awe of the might of God. The remaining section of this Aliyah of this part The opening verse of chapter 15 contains the song that the Israelites sings in gratitude to the incredible miracle they witnessed. The concluding verses of this part describe the journey that the Israelites made from the banks of the sea to the wilderness of shore where they ran out of edible water, of water that they could drink. In the place that became known as Mara, bitter. They complained against Moshe that they were thirsty, and Moshe prays to God. God showed Moshe a piece of wood to place in the water that would make it sweet. The Aliyah concludes with a promise that if you listen to God, the punishments of the Egyptians would never be inflicted upon the Israelites. And so ends part four. Part 5. Vayelonu kol adas b'nei Yisrael. 
In the wilderness, the Israelites complained against Moshe and Aharon. The, the Israelites traveled to Elim and encamped next to a body of water. <laughs> Why does water keep on coming up throughout this Parsha? From Elim, they travel to the wilderness of Tzin. In the wilderness, they started complaining again against Moshe and Aharon because they lack meat and bread to eat. God tells Moshe that he will rain manna from the sky to test the Israelites. On the sixth day, each will collect a double portion of manna for Shabbat. Moshe communicates the message of God to the Israelites, expressing concern for their tone and attitude throughout this experience. This aliyah concludes with Moshe and Aaron inviting the Israelites to come close to God, and the presence of God appears to the people. The Or HaChayim in chapter 16 verse 10 suggests that God had been with, been with them, been with the people the entire time. They just hadn't taken a look. Having heard the message of Moshe, the people now could witness God's presence. And so ends part five. Part six. Shamati et tlunot b'nei Yisrael. I have heard the complaints of the Israelites. God now tells Moshe that he has heard the complaints of the Israelites and will give them meat at night and manna in the morning. In the evening, quail arrived in the Israelite camp and in the morning, manna came down with the dew. The Israelites were not completely clear regarding what the manna was. It was some weird, miraculous food. And Moshe advises them that it is the bread of God. Everyone gathered as much as they needed, no more or less. Moshe instructs them not to leave any manna overnight, but some of the Israelites ignored the instruction and the manna spoiled. They gathered the manna in the morning and anything that they didn't collect melted in the heat of the day. On Shabbat, the manna didn't fall at all. Moshe rebukes the Israelites for continuing to fail to listen to his specific instructions and tells Aharon to gather some of the manna to be kept in a jar for prosperity, recognition of the incredible miracle of sustenance. The Torah tells us that the Israelites eat this manna, this bread of God, for the entire 40 years that they find themselves in the desert. And so ends part six. Part seven, Vayorev Ha'am Im Moshe, the people quarreled with Moses. The Israelites travel from the desert of Tzin to Rifidim, where there was no water to drink. The people complained and Moshe asks them why they insist on complaining. Always complaining. Moshe prays to God and he instructs, he instructs Moshe to take his staff and strike a rock from Chorev. Moshe did so and water came forth. A Malek now comes and attacks the people at Rifidim. Moshe instructs Yehoshua to take some to take some men to go out and battle Amalek. 
Moshe, Aaron, and Chor climbed to the top of a hill overlooking the battlefield. Moshe raises his hands to the heaven, heavens, and the Israelites start winning the battle. When his hands grew tired, they would start losing. Aaron and Chor stand side by side of Moshe and support his arms to the heavens. And Yehoshua wins the battle. God instructs the Israelites to remember these events and to wipe out the memory of Amalek. And so ends part seven. Thank you for joining us in our summary of Parshat B'Shalach, such a rich and important series of events. One final thought on the Parsha. There are a couple of, I guess, themes that come up in this Parsha over and over again. One is water. Jewish people find themselves at water in a multiplicity of ways throughout this Parsha. That's one. The other thing is Moshe's hands being raised. He raises it over the water, over the Yamsuf, and the sea splits. He raises it over the battle against Amalek, and the people begin to win. I wonder why it was that Moshe climbs the top of this hill, and he brings with him Aaron and Chor, almost anticipating that it would be difficult for him to maintain his arms up to the heavens. The challenge of keeping his arms upraised, carrying the faith of the people is one that is very heavy for him. It's a real burden. We thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share with a friend. My name is Yechiel Schaffer. This has been Parsha on a pod. Parshat B'Shalach.